Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Welcome to Slam Fire Radio, episode 124 for September 18th, 2015. I am one of your hosts. Uh, what was I going to call myself this week? I don't know. Hopefully something funny and awkward. But not, I mean, we know I'm not going with Ron. No, Ron is dead to us because of his anti-gun stance. Yeah. There was the Frilatte, but there were, don't I, do I have another one? Furcino. No. no wait, that's, that's, no. no. Frappuccino? Frilatticino? For a lot of guns. For a lot of guns. Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> Trevor, for a lot of guns for a lot. <laughs> no, I thought I had another nickname. Don't I have another show nickname? Uh, the the, the one that does the awkward intros and outros? Tired, so I <laughs> can't remember my own name. I just put a Snuggie on me and wake me when it's my turn. All right, Stan. So I'm, go- I, I'm Trevor. <laughs> and I'm Matthew. Uh uh, and just Matthew this week, you know. Just, I don't, right. you know. Trevor's got the the long name. Yeah, I'll, I'll just be Matthew. So again, no Owen. No. And uh, and no new guy yet. Not not yet. I tried to poach Bolivar tonight. What? Yeah. And uh, doesn't look good. That's weird. Yeah, because I, like, I would uh, think he'd be like jumping all over this opportunity because what a stellar opportunity this is. Uh, yeah. I mean, can you imagine asked being asked to be the host of? You know, the, the, the. He just doesn't think that we are as important as we think we are. Whoa, like, whoa, whoa. I what? know, right? I know. He's really grounded in reality. That, the, a, that he wouldn't play well with us. No, he doesn't we, play well with anyone. We, we like for the Chaz. Whole, well, Chaz is cool. Yeah, yeah. Like, so I was, I was like, you know, why don't you come hang out with us as a kind of semi regular? If you feel like showing up, show up. If you don't, don't. Come be on our show once in a while when you feel like it. And he got all like, well, my wife is mean and <laughs> she's really controlling of my free time. And I don't think it would work because, you know, my wife wants to schedule every minute of my life. And so I hope it's she a listens. constant battle. And well, she got, I mean, I, I didn't say these things. He no, said, so. clearly you would, you would never. People should know. That what they say to me on Wednesday shows up on the show on Thursday. You know that, what I'm saying? Yeah, no, and I, I agree. It's like speaking to a journalist. They're never, like, not. Never off the record. Yeah. Everything is always on the record. Yeah. So, anyway, sorry, so, Bolivar. Sorry, Bolivar. Um, I know a really good divorce lawyer. <laughs> I made most of that up. <laughs> Maybe all the wife stuff, but it's still funny. So, yeah, so he turned us down. And, I mean, I'm used to rejection, clearly, obviously. But uh, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, no, I figured he'd be all over this. Yeah, so. And uh, he still wouldn't even be the new guy. We still. No, he would just be like somebody to kind of hang out with us for a while while we're transitioning and stuff. Yeah, so. And and, sorry, Ken. I'm not trying to break up your thing, but I am. But, you know. But but I am. (laughs) (laughs) Matthew, why don't you save me from myself and tell the listeners what you did this week? It's much funnier this way. (laughs) All right, yeah. I like how you equate 
funny with me in trouble. Uh-huh. Isn't uh-huh. that what good friends are for? No. See, a good friend will bail you out of jail. Your best friend sitting in there with you. Right. Well, I'm the kind that eggs you on. Yeah, you're the puppet master. Puppet. I can see you in class now. You never throw the eraser, but you make sure the eraser gets thrown. Right. I pass the erasers out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I arm the constituents. Uh, combatants. That's that's a way better word. Um, okay, what did I do with guns this week? I talked guns with liberals and NDPers, and that was fun. How did that go? Uh, not bad, actually. What context? Um, just general. Well, what do you know, like, you walked up, excuse me, are you an NDP? Would you like to talk guns, or did they knock on your door? Yeah, or- you were there, remember? <laughs> no, what, one of them was, uh, was at school, um, okay. and one of the teachers, uh, uh, well, I, I assume she, she's liberal, but whatever. Uh, probably she's a teacher, right? I'm allowed to like stereotype that way. <laughs> uh, sure. Except I know more conservative teachers than I do liberal uh, teachers. I but. don't, unfortunately. Most of, most of the teachers where I work, uh, seem to be in the liberal camp, but, um, whatever. That's okay. Uh, I don't hold it against them at all. They have their reasons and that's cool. I mean, I'm with, not going to argue politics with, an, with them. With an American principle. With an, with an American principle? Is no. it your principal from the United States? No, no, all of our teachers are Canadian, but one of the teachers lives in the United States. Oh, I thought it was the principal that lived in the U.S. No, no, it's a, it's a science teacher lives in the U.S. Oh, okay. It's He's her husband cool. that got a Glock 23 recently? That's my boss, not the principal. <laughs> it's okay. I'll all explain right. the hierarchy of, of, of my employment to you another time. <laughs> yes, because, yes. Go ahead. Uh, so anyway, no, she's Work not. with she's... liberals and people married to gun owners. Right. So um, uh, anyway, the, uh, the pictures from the three gun are, of course, on Facebook. And I tagged myself in, in some of the finer pictures that, that I liked that uh, Jewel took. And again, thanks to Jewel for taking those and Andrea not, too. Not Sorry, not the three-gun, the Daniel Shaw course. Or Daniel Shaw, yeah, I got three-gun on the mind, because that's this weekend, the Daniel Shaw course. And so I was sitting in the lunchroom, and she comes in, sits down, and she goes, yeah, I saw, saw some of your pictures on Facebook. I'm like, oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, those are some, you know, those are some big guns. Like, yeah, and I pulled my arm up and said, showed her my big guns, and she laughed, and that was awkward. And then she's like, seriously, she's like, so what were you doing? I'm like, oh, it's just taking a training course. Well, why? Well, to to learn how to use my gun better. What do you mean better? I'm like, well, just you know, it's it, it's nice to you know, if if you own a race car, would you not take a, a a race driving course so you would learn how to drive your race car better? Makes no sense to have a race car and not know how to drive it, right? Same thing with my guns. She just wanted to get to the point where you were saying that you were training to become a better, more efficient killer of babies. She may have been, but I don't think she was actually trying to bait me. She was genuinely curious. Okay. Which is why I made sure that I stayed with no sarcasm or facetiousness in my voice. I stayed very, very professional because I think that she was actually just curious and just literally wanted to know why, why would you own guns? Okay, cool. Like this, you know, and she said, Mm -hmm. so she goes, okay. That's the person that we're always hoping to encounter. That's right. Hasn't been pushed to one side or the other yet. That's right. And And so I'm conversation can really do a lot. And like you said, you kept it professional and kept the sarcasm out of it. Yep. So she didn't go, oh, well, gun owners are dinks, right? Right. She already knows that because she knows me, but... Well, um, I mean, <laughs> you were a dink before you had guns. Right. The same. Go ahead. So anyway, she... Uh, so we talked about, you know, just the, you know, the reason why, why you know, I'd take a course like this and then she said, uh, well, why would you ever use a gun like that? And I was like, well, hunting or, 
you know, self-defense or, you know, whatever. I mean, just shooting for fun, target practice and, and hunting, she said. You, you can't use a gun like that for hunting. I said, well, it's not a conventional hunting-looking rifle, but that rifle operates the exact same way that any other hunting rifle works. Every time you pour, press a trigger, one bullet comes out and it uses actually smaller ammunition than most hunting rifles do. Really? Yeah. She said, well, why does it look like that? I said, it's more comfortable. And then I stood up and demonstrated what your arm has to do and what your wrist has to do to shoot a traditional hunting rifle or a shotgun. She goes, yeah, yeah, that's that's right. I said, no, watch this. And I put my hand down into like a pistol grip on an AR. She goes, oh, that does look more comfortable. I said, it's just a modern rifle. It's just, you know, cars don't look like Model Ts anymore, do they? Yeah, They're, that's you know, the one I always go to. They they actually have suspension now <laughs> yeah. and, and air conditioning. Same thing. It's just more comfortable. She goes, oh, interesting. And then somebody else came in, the topic got changed, and off we went. But, you know, it was it was just really interesting to talk to her about that and just to have her ask honest questions and not try to bait me into anything. And she was just genuinely curious. And I think the conversation went pretty well. Super. That's so, awesome, man. So there was that. And then I met the NDP party leader of New Brunswick. Sorry. Yeah, I know. Eh? <laughs> so he, Did they try and take your money away and give it to somebody else? He, here's the funny thing. He describes himself as a libertarian. What? I know. And then I, I didn't ask him this out loud, but I wondered in my head, do you know what a libertarian is? Yeah, really? But he's a really down-to-earth very nice guy. He he flies out of Woodstock Airport, same airport I fly out of. He's got a couple planes there. He's very, you know, he's a pilot. He, we hang Paid out. for them. He, well, that's what I, I, I was, I didn't make that joke either there in his presence, but <laughs> the joke did get <laughs> the made. The answer is we did. <laughs> but uh, anyhow, um, so we were talking about the upcoming election, and it's federal, of course, not provincial, and uh, um, it, it, you know... One of the other pilots there was saying, yeah, I've got to get the NDP in to, to straighten everything out. But he said it laughingly, like, like he didn't really want it. And the guy just kind of chuckled and goes, yeah, yeah, okay. And, uh, and so that brought about the, the politics discussion. And I said, look, I, you know, there, there's no real one reason why I would not vote NDP except that I'm a gun owner. And he, he looked and said, okay. I said, well, the conservatives are the only party that don't want, that aren't going out of their way to make my life worse or, or trying to take my property away from me. And, and, and he said, well, I don't think the NDP is trying to do that either. And I disagreed with him. And, and then, uh, did um, you tell them to go read their own platform? Right. <laughs> no, I didn't. But, you know, I, I politely and tactfully, uh, disagreed. And, and he said something along the lines of, well, I don't think the NDP are really going to change anything anyway, even if they get in. He says, because too many people actually need their guns. He says, there's, there's a rural-urban divide here with gun owners. He says, I think the gun laws are fine the way they are. They don't need to go any more strict. And I said, they don't need to... I said, but they do need to get looser. And he didn't agree with that. And he said something along the lines of... I forget how the, how the states came up. But I, I was able to to share with him the fact that the states with the most low gun, gun control had the highest crime rate, or the lowest crime rate. And he thought that was interesting, too. And, and you know, the whole self-defense discussion came up. But it was, he he didn't, and like I said, he's provincial, not federal. But as an NDP, he wasn't against guns at all. He was not an anti-gun person. Well, he is a New Brunswick, after all. 
he is a New Brunswicker, right? And that's the thing we have to remember is that, especially living in a rural province the way we are, a lot of the politics or and, and even politicians don't really even care about this issue. This is this is very much a Quebec and Ontario issue, I think. And the unfortunate thing is the entire country gets dragged into it because they're the biggest and most powerful provinces. And so those two provinces seem to be making up all of these extra gun laws that are being enforced federally when I, you know, it's just really too bad that that <laughs> it's the, the too bad that the majority controls everything. <laughs> the only thing that I do differently is I um I don't say they need to be loosened up. When somebody says they're fine the way they are, I don't say they need to be loosened up. I I go into pointing out very specific examples of things that we have that don't make sense, right? And then try and get the person who agree me agree with me one issue at a time. Yeah. that this should be changed. Yeah, because to I, say this should be loosened up is all encompassing. Yeah, and it and it it floods them, and they yeah. can't. Oh no, no no no! You want to carry? I'll get to carry in a little while. We're <laughs> an hour away from carry. Yeah, let's talk about magazine capacity first. Yeah, or let's barrel length laws. I usually start with classification. Yeah. Yeah, and had we not been in an airport hangar talking about airplanes and not guns, you know that that could have gone that way. But I, it was a it was a very quick and light conversation. We didn't want to get too deep into it because we were discussing the merits of tail draggers versus you know whatever. So, but um, yeah, it, it was just it was interesting to meet him and to to see that uh, you know even though he's he's an NDPer, he you know not necessarily anti gun. So mm-hmm. we don't need to hate the enemy. We just need to educate them. Well, this is it. And I mean, yeah. we have really, really close friends who are gun owners who are not conservative and will not be voting conservative. Mm-hmm. Right. So not everybody on both sides of the political spectrum are either pro gun or anti gun. Not everybody who votes liberal is anti gun. That's not right. Everybody who votes conservative it's is pro gun. And right. I've often described myself as probably the most liberal conservative you'll meet. Right. Yep. So yeah. Well, that's cool. Anything else? No, not really. I'm just, I'm itching. Like, I'm so itching for bird season to start. Uh, yeah. I just, I can't wait to get out there and start just not hitting birds again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm with you. Uh, I'm, it was stressful having the last five weeks in a row be something, having something scheduled. Yeah. But I wanted a three-gun or multi-gun earlier this year so I could just be done. Yeah, then um, you can get into your hunting and stuff and not worry about... Uh, right. Putting on matches and whatnot. Yep. I'm looking yeah. forward to hunting, and I'm also looking forward to getting out and shooting my precision rifle. I've been I've been uh, trying to develop some loads for my thirty out six and my um, my hunting two two three. I've got a couple of new bullets that I want to try in my three oh eight, and I ha- I don't shoot my rifles all summer. It's yeah shoot shoot a match, run a match, shoot a match, run a match, run a match, shoot a match. You know all summer long. So. The season is ending earlier for me this year than, than normal, and that's good. I think it's good. I'm going to get out there, and I've got some test loads that I haven't had. They've been rolled up since, like, March or April. I've got and some of those, too. I've, I've got some I was supposed to chronograph, like, three months ago and just have, have not gotten to the range to chronograph them yet. I thought I would get a chance to shoot them um, prior to Ipsic starting. That was a naive... Uh, <laughs> yeah. That yeah. didn't happen, so... Yep. All right. Well, how about I uh, we switch gears and we go to my soliloquy? Yes, that's. I was just actually ready to ask you about that. In fact, I thought you were just going to roll right into it because you had started talking about that uh, stuff anyway. Uh, but yeah, ca- carry on. If you if you need an official invitation, Trevor, what did you do with guns this week? I didn't, but thank you. Oh, oh no problem. I like to. I, you know, I just wanted to make sure I cover all our bases here. 
I don't know, depending on the schedule, if we talked about this or not uh, last week, but uh, we had a gun club meeting and I was appointed second vice president. We did talk about that because I said I wasn't here. All right, moving on. Uh, <laughs> provincials. So the listeners have been following us all summer and uh, they, they listened last week and, you know, they heard me talking about how excited I was to get to the provincials and I had a real good chance and all this stuff. And then anyway, unfortunately, I finished fourth place. No. Out of? Uh, 16. Yeah, well, that's top top, top quarter. That's not it's, bad. It's top crap. <laughs> it's third loser. Third loser. You're right. But anyway, um, Daniel Shaw said at the Shaw Clinic he was going to get us DQ'd from our next match, and he didn't. I mean, you know, I, 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 the Ipsic rules are so ingrained that they just kicked in, and I didn't worry about breaking 90, and I didn't worry about finger in the guard or, or loading when I wasn't supposed to, but I just was in a different mindset and had a hard time to kind of switch into the Ipsic mindset, not to mention that on the first day, my mags wouldn't drop free. Now, I put a new grip on my gun after SummerSlam. Uh, I went from aluminum grip to aluminum grip to aluminum grip to the regular STI mol- uh, polymer grip that was red, and it worked great, and it and it felt okay. It's the same diameter grip as what I had on my open gun, um, but it was ugly. So I went back to aluminum grips and kept cracking them, and I went through three aluminum grips on this gun. And at, at SummerSlam, I held that DVC, fell in love, wanted to buy it, and they told me that, hey, we have the DVC grips in stock. Why don't we give you one of those instead of a replacement aluminum grip? So I put that on, and it seems to me I've shot, well, after SummerSlam, we had, didn't we have, well, we had the Black Badge, Black Badge match in August, mm-hmm. and I thought there was another one. Anyway, all of a sudden, on Saturday morning, my mags won't fall out of my gun. That's so, weird. This is the first time this started happening. It never happened any other time. It was, No. And so I'm thinking, is it the new grip? What's going on? So Matt Lorette was like, well, you know, you grip the gun nice and tight. You can actually hold the mag in the gun. Sure. But when you change the mag, especially... Especially you take, with your hobbit thumbs, you break your grip completely. You you got it. And yeah. I'm taking all the pressure off of the grip. So yep. I should not be squeezing the mag and causing... Or squeezing the grip and causing the mag not to fall. No. So that night we got back to the house and we did some testing... We just we inserted the mag and held it over the workbench and depressed the magazine catch release what have you and held it and when we did that at least three of my mags stayed in the gun it was like the mag the magazine catch was pinching the mag and holding it oh that's weird yeah but when I you know when I'm when I'm uh, in a match it happens pretty quick you hit the button and you let it go but anyway for whatever reason we 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 filed on one of the mags where the mag magazine release holds the mag into the grip is kind of from me inserting the mags hard that area that mm-hmm. notch that's cut in the magazine tubes kind of become burred a little bit yeah burred yeah. down so we removed those burrs we found a burr inside the grip that was causing some friction on the magazine release and what else did we do there might have been one other thing anyway after that they all seemed to work okay and then Matt was like, do this little flick. I always do a flick. I hit the button and I flick to the outside. I flick to the outside. I'm like, dude, that's wasted, unnecessary movement. If your gun runs correctly, you don't need to flick your wrist in the opposite direction away from the incoming magazine to get a mag to fall. Yeah, that, that is wasted movement. And he, he does it, and he's one of our best shooters. And, you know, if he could get out of doing that, I think he'd shave some time off his mag changes. You know, I mean, pros, 
they're not flicking their wrist to get the mag out of the gun. They set the gun up correctly so the mag comes out of the gun. Yeah. Anyway, I did that during dry fire practice Saturday night at his place. And then when I got to the match the next day, first one wouldn't come out of the gun. And then after that, it seemed to run okay. So I was slowly climbing out of the hole that I put myself in the day before. And I zeroed a stage. Ah. Shot a stage called Don't Forget to Load. Your pistol was on a barrel and all your mags were on the barrel. And um, I shot it, did okay. And then they changed the stage. The barrel was wet, so they put a towel on it. Right. So I shot with the towel and then the barrel was dry and they took the towel off. When I reached for my gun, it slid on the towel. And so I used that to get a reshoot. I'm like, he started people off with the towel and then he took the towel away and my gun slipped on the towel. So I'd like a reshoot. And he's like, yep, absolutely. So give me the reshoot and I burned it to the ground. I destroyed this stage. I killed it. You look at the set, the results for, uh, don't forget to load. I had the fastest time. And I had good hits, but my foot was outside of the fault line. Oh. And I and now there's no there's no discretion. Nope. It's one sh- procedural penalty for each occurrence. So every time you pull the trigger and a part of your body is outside of the fault line, you're getting a penalty no yeah. matter what. That's and right. I agree with that because some ROs would give you all of them and say, "Oh, you had a distinct advantage, or you had a you had a uh, significant advantage." And other ROs would say. Nah, I don't think it was kind of like the cover call. Yeah. Not EPA. Some guys will yell cover and other guys will just give you a procedural. Yeah. Right. So they should either all do it. All ROs should officiate the same way all the time. That's right. Well, the rule does say if you're any, any part of your body is touching outside, that's every time you fire a shot, that's a procedural. Right. As far as I'm concerned. But that's new. Oh, I see. When we took our our RO course the first time you and I, it was you could just give two. And if the person had it had received, if you felt that they had a significant advantage, then you could give one. Oh, okay, gotcha. Right. So if you're like, if, if in your case where you had just stepped forward a little bit too far, you know, a, a half inch, your foot just happens to be touching the other side in a forward movement, like that's not giving you any advantage. Now, had you been leaning around a wall and you planted exactly. your foot outside, exactly. now that's a distinct advantage. So that would be a procedural per shot. Okay, I see the difference there. Yeah. So now it doesn't matter how it is. If it happens, it happens. Whether it's yeah. a toe or whether it's a foot and a half over the line, yeah. it's one procedural per shot. That's right. So I got six procedurals and I zeroed the stage. Ouch. So that's minus 60 points, right? Ouch. That sucks so Harold, bad. Harold beat me only by 30-odd points. Oh, man. So <laughs> You killed I, it then. Holy cow. Had you had Yo, you would have been in first place on that one probably. Oh, I would have won that stage, no question. But, I mean, overall in the match, Harold finished – I finished fourth, Harold finished third, yep. and G- uh, Jody finished second, and Jamie Knowles finished first. Mm-hmm. If I had got all 60 of those points with that time, I would have at least finished third, possibly even second. Yeah. So, But I wouldn't have gotten first. I just lost way too much time with the mag changes on the yeah. first day. Yeah, yeah. And it just, it just, a lot of the plans weren't working. Um I had a mic. I'd go make it up. So I burned like a lot of time. Um, there's one stage where I actually was unloaded and noticed two misses on a swinger. And I wasn't sure if I had engaged it or not. So I loaded the gun and shot it because if I hadn't engaged it, it would have been an extra minus 10. Yeah. And yep. I couldn't even figure out if I had engaged it or not. Yeah. There was another um, stage where um, I was 
separated by a wall looking through one port, and then I look through the port where I just was, and one of the targets has a mic on it. I run all the way back to pick it up. It was a big stage. It didn't matter. I could have. Yeah. And I had it. Yeah. And I had a super fast time. Yeah. Just was making really stupid mistakes. Anyway, I fell apart. Hmm. First day, I just like, you know what? Doesn't matter if the mags aren't falling. Just keep fighting. Get it. Just keep going. Keep going because yep. somebody else could have zero stage. Somebody else's gun could break down. Somebody could have a bad day. Don't throw in the towel. Just it'll work itself. Well, that's out. it. And not not only that, it's just a good ethic to to put your best effort forward, no matter what's happening. Anyway, I mean, if you oh, take but, anything uh, from Daniel Shaw's course, I mean, that would should should be something that you bear in mind. You know. Yep. But you know what? I um I didn't have my car with me. I traveled back and forth with Mo and Lorette. Yeah. And after I zeroed that stage. I uh, I was I was quiet and you, you know I'm never quiet and if yeah. I'm quiet it's not good. I said to the guys after uh, I came around I said if my car was here I wouldn't be here. Yeah. I think I would have got my car and thrown in the towel and went home. Yeah. I don't know if I actually would have because I've never thrown in the towel ever like fight to the end. Yeah. And be a good sport. But man, I was tempting. It's frustrating whenever yeah. things aren't going well. Yep. So then put that aside, get home. It's time to get ready for three gun. So I get out to the range with my ARs. I took my uh, STI AR to the range. It was hitting low. Uh, I don't know why. It was. I haven't changed ammo. It's the same ammo that I've been shooting in that gun since I changed the barrel on it. And it was an inch low at 100, so I adjusted and I zeroed it for 100. So I've got a 100-meter mark and a 25-meter mark. We do not need a 25-meter mark or a 100-meter mark. This right. three gun, is gonna, everything's going to be close. Um and then I took the optic off of the Mark 18, put it back on the NEA 39, tested the mags again, found a couple of mags. Well, I found only, yeah, I found about three or four mags that I put them in the gun. They won't seat the first round. Gone. See you later. The mags that with 10 rounds in would seat the first mag, the first round without nose diving. I tested multiple times. I would also put the mag in the gun, chamber around, take it out, top it off. And then seated on an on a closed bolt to see if it would seat. Yep, it did so. I chose three mags, put the the red dot optic on it that was on the Mark 18, and John Allen will run that in the three gun. And then I got my uh, e- Ecotech off of my <laughs> NE39. You haven't listened to the latest uh, new shooter, have you? No, I have not. No, no you have not. Why am I not surprised? Well, uh, anyway. it's still funny though because I, I I may not get the latest joke, but I got the first joke. Exactly. Yeah. So it's in reference to the original. So anyway, I took the Ecotech off the NE39, put it put it back on. People the are going to start calling it Ecotech. That's fine. Um, <laughs> put it back on the NE15, zeroed that again at 36 yards yards this time, not meters, and so that one is good to go. Um, I never did follow up with. Geisley about the trigger group in that gun. It was in that gun. I don't know if it was just dirty or what. I was getting doubles. I took it out. I dropped the Daniel Defense trigger group in it, and um, obviously that's fine. I took that Mark 18 or my Mark 18, and I dropped the Geisley that was doubling in the NEA in my Mark 18, and I ran it all through Shaw with no issue. So I don't know what was going on. It just doesn't like being inside the NEA receiver, I guess. Yeah, maybe. That being said, my Super Semi-Auto enhanced. Geisley trigger is in my NEA 39 and it's working fine. So whatever it is, what it is, if it doubles again, then I will definitely follow up with, uh, NEA or with, um, Geisley because the guys at Arms East in Newfoundland, the Canadian distributor for Geisley, 
they called me from Europe. They're like, what? There's a problem with the Geisley? What, <laughs> what can we do? Like, yeah. so anyway. Um, and I got my shotguns back from Casey at Tactical Ordnance in Ontario. They cool. threaded my 590A1 barrel for rem chokes. And I didn't know I didn't own any rem chokes. So that was a bit of a panic. <laughs> Finally <laughs> Time got to a get rem some rem chokes. <laughs> yeah. So I went to Canadian Tire and found one full rem choke. So I threw that into the um, 590. Haven't shot it yet, but you know, whatever. We know it's going to be fine. It's awesome that you have your, your 590 choked now. That was the only um, weak spot on that gun. Absolutely. That literally it. Because it's got all the capacity it can carry. It's got great sights. It's got a great trigger. It's got great... Uh, well, great trigger. Wow. It's got a great shotgun trigger. Not like the 870. All right. Well, fine. Anyway. It's... I mean, it's functional. It's a shotgun trigger, it's, it's though. Er, yeah, it's functional. It's ergonomic. It came with good features, lots of capacity. Uh, it's it's and it's reliable it's, and rugged. Right, and the receiver is threaded for for rail if you want to on top. You know, um, and I did everything to it. Like I put on the front and rear Magpul sling mounts. I put on Magpul furniture. I put in an OGM follower. I put on an SNJ jumbo safety. Oh. What else did I do? I think that's it. The only thing left to do that gun was get it threaded for jokes, yep. and and that's what I did. So it's uh it's ready to roll now. The 870 required a bit more attention. It's been with me from my uh, my my uh, introduction into gun culture, and it's been through many renditions. And right now it carries Magpul furniture, a uh, Mesa Tactical six shell caddy and and scope mount front and rear sling mounts it's got a ms2 sling on it it's got a jumbo safety no jam follower and it has the original i had the 18 and a half inch remington police barrel which was cylinder bore and garbage yep got, got rid of that and took the original 28 inch barrel sent that out to casey he cut it and threaded it for chokes and um, then it was having ejection problems. I was getting lots of stovepipes. And people were like, dude, just stop running crap ammo on your gun. I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. It's a, it's an 870. It should run everything. Exactly. It's um, not a, you know, it's not something made by, uh, you know, Holland and Holland. Yeah. It, it's designed to be a bush gun and a, and a, and a Jeep gun. And uh, anyway, so I sent, it a, I sent the bolt and the receiver out to Casey. And I wanted the extractor and the ejector changed. Now he put in a non-MIM part, metal injected molded part, yep. new new, eja- new extractor and plunger and spring. And he said, um, I noticed the invoice didn't say anything about the ejector. He said, well, your ejector looks fine. I said, well, change it anyway. It's, yep. you know, I've been getting stovepipes, change it anyway. He said, a lot of times it's these, it's the, um, the extractor is letting go too soon. I'm like, what the hell, man? You have it there. Let's do it upright. Let's do new extractor, new ejector. I don't mind. Just so he did, and uh, but he did. There's a way to do it now without having to rivet them. Mm-hmm. But he he still did it the old way. He put the put a rivet through, and 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 but he um, he did a good job of blending it on the outside of the receiver. It yeah. really looks professionally done. But it's covered by the shell caddy anyway, and right. this is a, a duty gun anyway. Yeah. I don't care yeah. what it looks Who cares? like. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I get out to the range, and it runs Challenger like a champ. And then I put a box of Winchester Universal through it, and two get stuck in the chamber. And Thomas Donnelly was talking about this recently, where 
you know, the finishing work on the 870s is not, it's not a wingmaster. It's an express no. magnum, right? Yeah, exactly. So what I thought was going to have to happen will have to happen. I will need to get the chamber honed, polished, what have you. Yeah. And, um, even if I, I, I've been looking at the tools myself on, on Brownells, but there are two gunsmiths around here. So I'm going to contact them and see if they have the, um, the honing wheels. It looks just like the kind of hone you would use when you're boring out a cylinder in your motorcycle or something, right? Right. Yeah. So I'll get that done. Um, they were hard ejections, two of them in one box. Yeah. I, I really had to come onto the pump to get them out. So. Yeah. No, that, that definitely sounds like a sticky chamber to me. Mm. But other than that, I still love this 870. So uh, is, is it, it's ejecting them good though? Oh yeah. Like when it does come out, they go flying. They're gone. Good. I mean, yeah. that was, that was a weak point in that gun for, for a while. And I love the trigger. I love the action. Then, I mean, it's all mag pulled up. I, yeah. I, I st- you know, if zombies were kicking down my door and I had to grab a pump gun, I'm sorry, it would still be my 590, but I still love this shotgun. Yeah. Very close second. But there's just a couple of little advantages over the 590, and we'll get into that later in the main topic. Right. But uh, some of the features of that pump gun. Um, And then I've been, on top of everything else, I've been getting ready for the three gun, and I got this guy who, and, and I love him, He he's been... He's a social worker, and he's been working in the community for years. I knew him when I was a student in high school, and he's still doing the same job. And now that I'm a teacher and work with some of his kids, and some of his kids are now my kids, I see him on a semi-regular basis. And he's getting ready to go moose hunting. Mm-hmm. He's got a he's got a Browning, or a, is it a Browning? Yeah, it's some kind of Browning bolt action rifle. And I took it out last year, and he asked to have it. No, I was there last year. When his father and another guy were trying to set it in at 27 yards, he believes in a 27 yard zero on his hunting rifle, you know, whatever. So uh, they're having a hard time. I start shooting it and I'm getting, you know, I'll get two and the third one will just take off. Try two more. Third one will take off. That's weird. All right. Try one. The next two will take off. What's going on with that? So it's, and the scope was really crooked, but. Not that shouldn't have, but that doesn't that that won't do what this was doing, right? Right. Yeah. No. I, yeah. They would all be all over the place if the if the scope was. Yeah. Yeah. So I uh, I finally get three, mostly acceptable. I'm like something's up, but get check the scope, check the ammo. I don't know, but here you go. Call it call it set it in. So then this year he calls me and says, "Can you go to the range with my dad? Can you you know check my gun, set it in?" All right. So we go out there. Same thing. And I'm trying to zero it at 100. Same thing. Really, really bad. Um, his father thinks that he bought a secondhand scope that had been returned to the store because the price was just way too good. It's a Bushnell 4200 Elite. Good scope. So, okay, maybe it's a scope. I take the rifle home. I remove the scope. I don't find anything wonky. Everything is tight. Everything is secure. Nothing is rattling on the scope. I, I, I lap the rings. I put it back together. I take it out to the range. Uh, first shot, it's good. Second shot's good. Third shot's gone. All right, let's try it again. First shot's gone. Second shot's good. Third shot's gone. What's going on? All right, he had an identical scope on a 22-250. I swapped the scopes. Makes no difference. Then one of the longtime members of the club, someone who was one of the founding members who's an F-class shooter and rifle builder, he come over and he's like, you got to bed this thing. I mean, there's something obviously wrong here. There's no play whatsoever. The stock is completely up against the barrel. So all the other experts stand around like, well, some guns like that. Well, he said, well, this one's not grouping. So maybe this is not one of those guns. Yeah. <laughs> so take the stock off, 
and it is a disaster. It's dirty. It's rusted. There are pine needles falling out from inside the axle. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah. So they, he's like, we just had this redone two years ago. Well, yeah, but guess what? This happened since then. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like they they kept saying that, like, but we just had it redone two years ago. But but it's now dirty. So I don't want to hear that you just had it redone two years yeah, ago. Yeah, exactly. Like, You've gotten it dirty. You got to keep these things clean. I know my engine blew, but I changed my oil two years ago. Oh, well, you, you should be fine then. Yeah. <laughs> but your engine's blown. But I changed my oil two years ago. Uh, anyway, so we, we clean it, clean it up and do what's called a poor man. I learned this poor man's bedding. He takes some paper and he folds it up and he puts it between the front action screw and the stock to give it some clearance, right? Right. Makes no difference. So he's like, at this point, maybe, you know, the under, you know, maybe it's rusted between the receiver and the stock. It was put away wet. Maybe there's pitting in the barrel. You know, this thing needs to be basically restored again. It needs to be cleaned from the ground up. But the, uh, you know, the, 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 it needs to be a good strong copper solvent put in there, get back down to the lands and grooves, strip out that bearing and basically foul it in again and see if it helps. And maybe it comes back. Maybe it never does, you know, bed the stock, clean the barrel and, and see what's up. Yeah. So, so what do I do? I, I run a Canadian tire, buy two boxes of ammo for my 30 out six and sight it in. And now I'll, I'll lend them that. <laughs> Here, use my gun. It's easier. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, and it's only because I've known this guy for 30 years and I know he has the means to replace anything should something yeah. happen. Yeah, exactly. You know, him and his father both have a moose license and his other brother's coming to town. It's kind of a family affair and they haven't had licenses. You know, one of the other brothers hasn't hunted in 30 years and, Anyway, just dude here, take my thirty out six and go. So, <laughs> well, it's nice that you have one, You'd be able to do that. Finally, yeah. yeah. So, and he wanted one eighty grain, and I'm not opposed to one eighty grain, but I know one eighty grain's not super accurate in my gun. So I went and I bought. He was he like seems to like the Hornady Superformance. Uh huh. So I went to Canadian Tire here. My local Canadian Tire had two boxes of one sixty five grain SST Hornady Superformance, and um. It started shooting the, the, it was perfect as far as elevation was concerned, but there, it was grouping to the right. And then I looked down and I had taken the covers off and then was cleaning the barrel and I, I bumped it and it was four clicks to the right. So, you know, I was shooting to the right. Go figure. Yeah. I, I re-zeroed the windage and it was a little bit left still. There was some wind, mind you, but. Anyway, the final three shots were two bullets in the same hole and one about a half an inch away. Oh, yeah. That's definitely moose-sized. moose, moose sized. Yeah. And uh, I sighted it uh, two inches high at 100. Yep. So, here you go. Right. That go, yeah. So, yep. And um, other than that, just multi-gun stuff. I got the uh, the stages done and printed, the score sheets done and printed, um, people that you know, indicated on Facebook that they were coming. I registered them into the scoring system and printed their score sheets completed already with their name and division on it and whatnot. Um, that's all up in the car. Got all the guns ready, the ammo ready. Just got to get to the range now tomorrow and basically do target placement. Yeah. I forgot about Cecil the Lion. She went and moved Cecil on me, right? Like, don't touch my stuff. It's the one standing rule in the house. <laughs> <laughs> don't feed filthy any chocolate and don't touch my stuff. That's all right. I ask. That's basically it, yeah. Did she touch it? Yep. Yep. So Apparently. did I forget he was even here? Right. Yeah. So 
we were supposed to have six stages because, you know, the matches are so long. Yes. And so I thought, we'll do six stages. We'll do three with all three guns. And then, you know. One handgun, one rifle, one shotgun. Or one handgun and, pit and, and shotgun, one shotgun and rifle. Right, yeah. Anyway, I'm at nine stages. Nine? Yeah. I'm glad I'm not coming. They're all short, though. <laughs> like, you know, they're all really short, pretty much. Like, the only one with any significant round count will be the space shuttle, which you're going to kick yourself for missing, and the house. The house oh, yeah, no, because I wanted to shoot my shotgun prone. You th- Listen, did you go prone with your pistol? No. Then what makes you think you got to go prone with your shotgun? I wouldn't, but it's just funnier this way. <laughs> yeah, you just like to whine. I don't. I, do. I don't mind going prone with my shotgun because it's a pump. Mine's a or pump? It's a, no, I did yeah, that yours, all wrong. Yours is a semi. It's a semi. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That would have been yeah. way funnier had you got that right Did the first you want, time. you want to edit that? No, so no. that's not going to happen. <laughs> You're probably, because it's a lever action. <laughs> Quick, say all the other actions. <laughs> it's a bolt action. It's a single shot. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm going to take my Kui. Yes, there you go. Yes, I'm going to get my Kui out. Sh- we should have an all-Canadian. You have to gonna... shoot a Lakefield and a Kui and a high power. And no, you know what you need for a rifle? You need a you need a, a long branch. Oh, there you go. Long branch. Or Ross. Or, or Lee Enfield. Lee Enfield is a long branch. No, no, no. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I get to shoot my Savage Model 99. Yeah, I only that, had it restored last April and yeah, be picked fine. it up in July. And we should have like shot it yet. I was gonna say we should have like a lever action, but that that's cowboy action, and so never mind. Uh, my model ninety four <laughs> maybe, but yeah, no, I, I see. I I went straight to lever, lever actions. There, I know your your other one's a bolt action. No, my my savage is uh my savage ninety nine. Oh, that's right. It is a it is a lever action, isn't it? Yeah, it's got that that, that rotary mag rotary. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think even weird. has a little. Yeah, it even has the counter on the receiver. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, such a cool gun. It is, yeah. I can't wait to I can't wait to shoot it. But ammo. You haven't even shot it yet. That I where were you thirty seconds ago when I said I got it restored in April, picked it up in July, and I haven't shot it yet. I just said that. Well, I wasn't listening. Thank God this podcast has a rewind and fast forward feature. <sighs> I can't believe you haven't shot. I can't believe you own guns you haven't shot yet. Like that's Do just. You know I, how much ipsic I shoot. I I just like when I get a new gun, it's to the range or to the gravel pit or wherever. Let's shoot, I, shoot, shoot. Yeah, you know, like a uh, shoot a match, run a match, run a match, shoot a match. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. see, that's that's why I don't get uh, as involved in in the matches as you do. Yeah, well, who's <laughs> gonna? Somebody's got to. You're right. Somebody does, and I am so thankful you do it. I'm thinking for um. Uh, okay, so this summer, 2016, is SummerSlam 10, and um. We might as well go into upcoming events. <laughs> let's talk about SummerSlam 10. Yeah, let's go into upcoming S- events. Why not? SummerSlam 10 will take place the weekend right before the Canadian Nationals. And that will be July the 23rd and 24th. So you'll come in, you know, uh, hoping that people from as far away as like Alberta will fly to Bathurst, rent a car, fly in on Thursday or fly in on Friday, depending, come to the reception on Friday night. And then Saturday and Sunday, the 23rd and 24th, is the match. And then the next day, you can head to Halifax. Yeah. And uh, Nationals is going to start on the 27th. So it's uh, back-to-back. Two back-to-back awesome. Ipsic shooting. Yep. Two awesome level three matches back-to-back in Atlantic Canada. Yep. And um, But so I'm thinking the year after, there won't be a SummerSlam 11. I think 
that if nobody is stepping up to take the provincial, we'll forego SummerSlam that year and take the provincial. Right. But basically, it'll be Ipswich, New Brunswick, provincial slam. <laughs> right. Gotcha. You know, it'll be the same as the provincials, or same as SummerSlam, but we'll just call it the provincials. We'll call it the provincials, yeah. That way you get your provincials in and you can still do your SummerSlam. Yep. Have a cool match, but not have to do two. Yeah. Depending on how the money goes. Yeah. I don't know if they give you money to host the provincials or if they want all the money. Right. Because I'm not going to put on a huge level three match and hand all the money over to Ipswich New Brunswick. No. Not going to happen. No. So, yeah. If Ipswich New Brunswick wants to use the Rescue Gun Club to host the match, well, it's, you know, $200 a day rental and then whatever <laughs> we decide on props. Yeah. So, it has will be something that has to be looked at. We have a new section coordinator. Diane Gould, cool. uh, open shooter, yeah, husband of John Gould, the infamous John Gould, who success, successfully sued our CFO. Oh, yes, that's always fun. Yep, so. Not thanks. our current CFO, mind you. No, the current guy is all right. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, other upcoming events that we have, the Woodstock Pistol and Rifle Club, or Rifle, yeah, Woodstock Pistol and Rifle Club Raffle. Say that ten times fast. No, thank you. Good. 10 bucks a ticket, send an email to WPRC2005 at gmail.com to find out how you can get your tickets. The proceeds are going to help pay for the construction of new facilities to make the range more user-friendly for uh, multi-users in action shooting. So, yay, action shooting. Yay. News. We have no news. No, not really. No. Not much news. All right, then. Let's jump into our main topic. All right. Let's talk shotguns. Shotties. No. Now, we have talked shotguns in the past. I don't know if we've discussed the, the virtues and the pros and cons between semis and pump actions, though. Have we? I do not believe we have, but I do have the memory of a goldfish. However. What's that? Yes. What are we talking about again? The topic this evening is semi-automatic shotgun versus pump action shotgun. The pros and cons of each, if you will, as it were. Right. All right. So, how about you describe each of these actions first? Let's take it New Shooter Canada basic. Let's go right down to what is how a semi-auto functions and how a pump action functions. All right. Well, let's start with uh, the pump action. Everybody, uh, well, everybody, I mean, pump action is the ubiquitous. There it is. That's it right there. Yes, but was that the 870 or the... 590. Do it again. 870. You the man. Uh-huh. So, I had a 50-50 chance, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I would have told you you were right anyway. Oh, nice. You're That's awesome. I can always count on you for a lot. Um, so, the pump action... Except for when you need me. Right. No, I would not expect you then. <laughs> I know how this relationship works. Excellent. So, so, so the the pump action shotgun it has a tube underneath the barrel, and that's where you insert the shotgun shells. And then when you pump, so you you pull back on the front stock, and that actually uh, opens the action and spits a shell from the bottom tube into the the does loading it area. Literally spit it. Like it does that. spit it like with the okay. and then uh, when you move the pump forward, the four the four stock forward, it uh, inserts that shell into the the chamber of the barrel. And then when you squeeze the trigger or press the trigger or or pull the trigger or whatever you want to do to the trigger, manipulate it, gun Press. goes bang press the trigger, then the gun goes bang, and then you have to pump it again 
to eject the empty shell and to then put in a new shell. And that all happens in one, one you know, pump, pump back and one shell comes flying out and push forward and the next shell pops into the barrel. So, so by by pulling the foreend of the shotgun itself back towards the receiver, that's what manually cycles the action? Right. Yep. It's a manual action. It's not a, it's not a semi-auto at all. It's a repeater, but uh, yeah, it, it's manual action. You, you're physically manipulating the action. Okay, so, so now my pump action, the pump is forward, and when I pull back, nothing happens. Well, so now, there's a little, so so the pump actually locks between shots, and that way you don't accidentally open the chamber with a live shell in the chamber. So uh, when you press the trigger, the the pump will unlock, and that lets you cycle it. That being said, when the, the pump is forward and the gun's empty, there's a little safety tab or a little release tab. And uh, on your 870, it's uh, just in front of the trigger guard, and on your uh, Mossberg, it'll be just behind the trigger guard. On the Mossberg, it's where it's supposed to be. Yeah, I agree, just behind. But, yeah, where, uh, is it on, where is it on the Winchester? Uh, Winchester is the same as the Mossberg, or very similar to the Mossberg. It's a little tab behind. Uh, everyone, every one of them seemed to get something right. The Remington pump has a nice trigger. The Mossberg has good uh, pump release button location. And the Winchester has excellent um, safety location. Yeah. If they could just combine those three into one nice shotgun, you'd be all set. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you got to press that little tab in order to open the action. Or, yeah, open the action for the first time on uh, whenever you're loading it. But that's, okay. uh, it's in your manual. It's easy to find. So then let's uh, let's talk about how the action of a semi-automatic um, shotgun functions. Then we'll talk about pros and cons of each. Sure. Well, there's a, there's there's two main types of uh, of semi-auto actions. Uh, one is gas powered, and one is inertial powered. And the inertia one, uh, actually, the gun needs to move a little bit under recoil in order for the action to actually open. Um, that kind of sounds like. The same way a semi-automatic pistol works. I mean, they're not gas-operated unless you're talking about something like Desert Eagle. Right. Um, yeah, so. and then uh, the gas-powered one uses ports. Now, the most popular, the the most, uh, the more popular ones, like the the 590 and the, or not the 590, the, uh, which I'm going to call it there, the, what, what's the Remington one? 1100. The 1100, and then the Mossberg one's the 930, right? Yep. If I, if I'm not, mistaken those are inertial um and and i don't don't think they have gas tubes in the in the chambers that being said i got very little semi-auto experience with shotguns so far i I think you're right and then if you look at the versamax the versamax is gas that's right and so uh there's a little ports in the chamber when the when the shell actually fires just like on an ar um a a little bit of the expanding gases from the gunpowder burning actually diverts into the action and operates the action. Um, and what that does is every time you press a trigger, the action cycles automatically um, with that forward and backward motion that you would have with a pump, except that you don't have to do it. The gun does it for you, and it, and it reloads the gun for you automatically every time you press a trigger. So Excellent. Yeah. Uh, the, one of the cooler ones is, uh, I forget what it is, but there's one that has like a series of ports in the chamber, and if you put in a 3-inch, only... Only a couple of ports are covered, like it, it covers up some of the ports, and so the the smaller the shell, the more ports are actually opened, and so that way it cycles all of from two and a, two and three quarter inch all the way up to three and a half inch. You want to know a, what that is? Yeah, I do. I forget. That is the Versamax. That is the Versamax. And the Versamax will cycle everything from three and a half inch magnum 
to two and a half inch. Well, real quick, and because we're in this uh, this whole newbie thing right now, what why what 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 do you mean two and three quarter and three and a half inch? Ah, uh, very good. Okay, so shotgun shells, when opened, have different overall lengths. So a two and a half inch shotgun shell is a cute little itty bitty shorty thing, and then pretty much standard is two and three quarter inch, and then you can have three inch shells and three and a half inch magnum shells. The longer the shell, the more the capacity, the more the payload, the more the velocity. You're talking more gunpowder and more payload as in the amount of little pellets that's called shot or buckshot, slug, whatever. Yep. So, yeah, three. basically the longer the shell, the the more you're going to feel it, basically. Yep. So, but yeah, very cool. All right, so let's talk about the virtues of uh, of pumps versus, versus semis then. So... Um, I think I think the first one. We're being. Um, do we want to let somebody crash the show? Who is it? Sticks is calling us. It's the uh, middle of the show. Like he knows exactly what day it is. He knows they got. You Adam gonna add him? Call. Yeah, yeah. Add him to the call. See what he wants. <laughs> uh, hey, uh, I understand y'all are looking for a new host. <laughs> and I also understand that you've got something against Americans. We yes and yes. <laughs> Wait, no, no on the second one. No, we love Americans. I can say A a whole lot. Sorry. And do you like maple syrup? And poutine. Oh, well, look. Poutine poutine turns out is a uh, Daniel Shaw course um, tradition now. The the only other requirement that I can think of is that anytime you're in Canada, you have to have spotted a moose. Uh, Can you you meet this requirement? I can meet this requirement. (laughs) I better have cannot. Remember, I did see a juvenile one out in the field. Uh, That's right. Poor Enos can only see them on videos. Moose veal. So, yeah, so it's not that we don't want American co-hosts. No, the, no, 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 it is. We don't want an American co-host. <laughs> no, it's not that we don't want... Wait. Yeah, it is. Yeah, no, yeah. No, I'm just no we love our American listeners. It's a, it's a Canadian show. we got to have Canadian hosts. American hey, lives matter. I, they do. Absolutely, and uh, lives that matter matter. Okay, let's be clear about that because there are some (laughs) lives that don't matter. Well, that's true. So, um, what was I going to say? Uh, We don't want to copy Bolivar, right? We don't want to be the second international. See, we don't do the second to anything. We're either first or we're last. So we're usually last a lot. But (laughs) I was seriously glad that y'all didn't just up and hang up on me like you do. You would him. Right. That's, that's true. That's true. I mean, that's a big yet. Yeah. Uh, well, no, we're we're I was just gonna, we're talking uh, pump actions versus semi-auto shotguns. What's your preference, Mister Sticks? Well, I love my 870, and I love my 1100. So. So both then. Thank you for not answering my question. That's. I perfect. I I prefer the the pump. Um, I oh think yeah. It's more reliable. I don't. I've never had any feed issues out of it. Um, and you know, with the with the semi, there's just always a failure point. Not that mine fails, but I've seen it happen. Interesting. Yeah, I I only have a semi or a, a pump action, and I really like it. Um, I I think for me the the biggest difference was the pump action's affordable. Hmm. That's a good point that we didn't raise. There is a difference in price point between the those two actions. The semis, of course, being substantially more. Sub- yeah, substantially. Like, we're talking well, I, I at least double a, the price. I didn't pay a whole lot more for my semi than I did my pump, but, of course, I got it used in very good condition. So. Right, yeah. 
So the the point that uh, Sticks raises about reliability, of course, any action can malfunction. Um, I've had more problems with my 870 pump than with my Versamax. That being said, the 870 had some worn out parts that need to be replaced. But uh, yeah, I was just gonna say your 870 was made in the like 20s, I think. Well, <laughs> the I don't it's know. old, I guess I wanted to say, and your Versamax is brand new or was. Yeah. The thing with the Versamax is it won't run as dirty as the 870 will. You can right. run a, a pump dirty because you are manually muscling the action. That but is, that, yeah. Yep. But the, uh, you know, all semi-automatic firearms need to be well lubricated and kept clean. Yep. Uh, there was a gentleman at the range this week that said, oh, those those semi-automatic repeaters, you can't put oil in those. Ah, what? Know, it's, yeah. I was like, it's, it, is it metal on metal moving parts? It is. Maybe you should lubricate it <laughs> and then clean it. <laughs> so, so, so definitely there is a maintenance factor to be uh, considered when looking at the difference between a pump and a semi-auto. You're going to have to maintain your semi a lot more than your pump. And I've learned this. I've had to strip my semi uh, down twice now and do a complete degrease cleaning and, uh, and, uh, and reinstall of everything worth, you know, the 870, huh, pour more oil in it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> now, the pump- now that all being said, I guess it just depends on what I'm planning on doing with it. If I know that right now here, here in this area, and I know a lot of the other states, it's dove season right now. And if I know the doves are flying, I would rather have that 1100 than, than the 870 with me, just because if they're flying and flying fast, I would rather be able to just get get more rounds rounds on target than uh, than having to mess with the pump and right. Yeah, you can I, shoot a semi a bit faster. I think the only situation where I would take a pump over a semi would be in a self defense duty type scenario. If it's a duty weapon, I would rather have a pump than a semi. I think the pump would be uh, less likely to malfunction, more reliable, easier to clear. In, in a case of a misfeed or a malfunction. Um, but when it comes to, yeah, trying to quickly shoot doves out of the air or quickly shoot targets on a range, um, I'm all about the, the semi-auto, you know. Isn't it uh, interesting that we run, we run an AR and, and, you know, a semi-auto handgun. So a semi-auto is rifle, semi-auto handgun. And yet shotgun semi-autos just don't seem to have that same reliability that handguns and rifles have. Is it that or are we just not, I mean, ready to buy in and feel confident in them. Maybe. I know the, the Benelli M4. That is a Marine-issued yeah. platform, right? Good, good platform. Yeah. So I don't oh, know. And, Maybe, and yeah. You have to look at, too, that no matter what, any any of the any of the firearms, uh, whether it be handgun, shotgun, or rifle, that you have to manually operate the action, you're, you're taking your sights off the target. You're changing your point of aim after every shot there's very few people i know that can run a bolt action rifle without um having to you know get back on target whereas with the semi you're just dealing with the recoil and getting back on target whereas you know if you're if you're running a bolt action or running that pump you're really changing your your line of sight yeah, and I think I think that's a good point, uh, and I think the the counter to that is well, shotguns aren't exactly precision tools, though, and so 
having it a little bit off isn't really that big a deal, especially in a closer quarter situation. But then again, the shotgun, in my opinion, is the third weapon platform that I would have as a preference if I was going into a self-defense situation mm-hmm. or any sort of combat situation. Uh, it's just, no, for me, it would be second. I would go uh, carbine, pump gun, handgun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Inside a home? I suppose, yeah, I suppose, because, yeah, you you can always just have your pistol on your hip. How did Daniel put that? Handguns suck at killing people. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I'm just thinking in terms of my comfort level. I've shot my handgun way more than I've shot my shotgun. Right. Recently, anyway, and so I would just be more proficient with it, I think. But you're right. Yeah. Yeah, One is is a lot more... um, Has a lot more power than the other, yeah. Yeah. So what if you've got a handgun that... that that can shoot shotgun loads. Oh, now you're talking. Let's Stop get tourist it. judges for everybody. <laughs> I know, I know Trevor hate, hates, hates the, the judge, but I have one. It's, it's a purpose-built handgun. And I'll, I'll argue all day long with anybody that says it can't, can't put a good pattern downrange. I would oh, yeah, love to use one for hunting grouse. That would be so much fun. Winchester PDX developed a load for that gun for a reason yeah and and it works very well at at um self-defense distances i've i've shot the center out of a target and peppered everything else on the paper the only issue i have with that is uh anybody behind your intended target well again it's a it's a do it's a purpose built that's exactly it yeah if you're in the house and you know where everybody else is and there's somebody where they aren't supposed to be well you know where everybody else is and you're not going to you know have any problem with uh with overshooting or whatever well and if you're if you're talking about the rounds like like trevor has or discussed that's a round that i I keep loaded in my judge at all times my judge doesn't leave the house very often but when it does it's when i'm you know jump in the pickup truck and i'm taking a trip over to memphis i know i'm not going to be in and out of the vehicle a whole lot yeah i can throw it in you know in between the seats or lay it on the seat and throw a you know a hat over it or something those rounds are designed not to carry very far right the the shot's not going to go far and and the three copper discs that are in there are not going to go very far so the collateral damage is going to be minimal if you, you know, if you get it, if you're in the right situation for it. Yeah. Would I shoot it into a crowd trying to take out one bad guy amongst no. two people? Heck no. But if no. there's a guy that's trying to carjack me on Poplar in Cleveland in Memphis, yeah. you can darn well bet that I'm going to put some. Uh, well, you may some want some collateral right. damage there anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We just clear the intersection. <laughs> And that's a very bad intersection, by the way. Yeah, kind of like our Young and, <laughs> what's that one in Toronto? Young and something? I don't know. Finch, Jane and Finch. Yeah, Jane and Finch. Young and nothing is what it was. Jane and Finch. Well, although, although those, uh, well, Cleveland is, but there, there's, a, there's a thing in Memphis. Any, any of the streets that are named after states, stay off of them. Any, <laughs> of the, any of the streets that are named after cities, stay off of them. Interesting. Cool. I'll take y'all there sometime. Come I'm in. Let's play. <laughs> All right. I'm going to bring my 590, though. Just saying. <laughs> and hey, maybe it's an this... open carry state. <laughs> oh, well, uh, I'm looking at the perfect open carry piece right now. Uh, I did mention earlier in the show that I've got my STI Eagle for sale. And um, a gentleman on the gun forum that shall not be named sent me a message saying, I've got a Colt King Cobra. 
<laughs> Ooh. I'm like, oh, no, you don't. It's like my only weakness. So he just sent me pictures, and this thing, even though, unfortunately, it has wooden grips on it, it actually has both. He's got the, the pack of iron grip and the wooden grip. Anyway, it's six-inch, stainless, and it looks mint. Man. Yeah, I'd open carry that. That'd be you know, fun. Oh, I already have two wheel guns now I don't use. That's right. <laughs> you don't need another. You should get it. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. <laughs> so I, I don't know if, you, if you've heard that I outed Edith, but since I've already done it on one show, I might as well do it on another. Um, Edith finally got her concealed carry, which makes me feel a whole lot better because That's... on her trip to, to work, she leaves Arkansas and goes to Tennessee and goes through Memphis, and she passes by a whole lot of streets named after states. <laughs> and my biggest fear has always been that she... Uh, she would break down and you know it just takes you know seconds to be a victim in that area and yep. uh, now she can carry because that, of a tennessee law that passed last year even though they're a high uh, security facility she they can't disallow her from bringing it onto the property it has to stay locked in her vehicle of course but at least she has it with her on her commute exactly so that's I feel awesome much better. congratulations to edith for sure so of course the question is what is she going to carry uh, we we've got to look for something different. She's she's actually proudly carried her SAR several times recently. Um, uh, it's a little big for her. She's she's trying to you know dress to the gun, and now we we've, we've got to figure out something. Um, whether we go with a Glock forty three, which I wouldn't even know anything about. <laughs> please, or, <laughs> please. Um, her 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 little thirty eight that was the first gun that I I bought her probably isn't the best. She shoots it rather well, but probably isn't the best. But it's a little more concealable than her than her SAR. And uh, I'm not sure yet. We've got to work on has, that. Has she tried Toby's Ruger SR nine C? Um, I believe I believe that we did shoot it when we were uh, visited Toby last, and I'm not sure what her opinion is on it. Glock 19, SR9C, or the FN FNS Compact. It's basically the same as my FNS Long Slide, but in compact. Oh, you guys would really love what we got to do last weekend. We got to go shoot Glock 17s indoors at videos. Ooh, fun. Um, a guy where I took my Mag 40 class, he has uh, turned part of his range and a small part into a... Um, a video range, and, it, and it's all—all all of the the guns are real Glock 17s that have been retrofitted with lasers, and he can put you in just about any scenario you want, as far as clearing a house. Um, you can shoot um, dueling trees. I shot against Edith with dueling trees. We shot till our literally our fingers were starting to blister. It was <laughs> it was a great time. It's not what I. I, I was expecting a little more. It's just like a huge video game that you're shooting in two at two D targets. Nice. But what it did teach us is shoots and no shoots. Edith <laughs> was very good at that. The first couple rounds, I shot the good guy a couple times. <laughs> well, sometimes the hostage needs to be shot. Bruce shoot Bruce the hostage. That. Yeah. Um, they. It's, it sounds like the Calgary Shooting Center, but they actually can shoot at their video screen with live ammo. Oh, wow. Yeah, like a deer will run across the screen, and the cameras will triangulate it, and if you hit the deer, the deer goes down. If you don't, it doesn't. Huh, nice. Yeah. Well, I, I did shoot some deer on this one. I did go oh, deer did hunting with the Glock 17, and piled them up, too. <laughs> nice. 
Awesome. Well, that was quite a squirrel, but when you have one of the hosts of the Aram Squirrels Project, really, what, what can you expect? Yeah, exactly. Uh, hey, I'm wanna... really going to squirrel off here, because Trevor, you recently uh, made comments that you uh, skipped at the end of the show and listened to uh, to Toby uh, squeal a little bit about a little, little tiny spider that ran across his mix and mixer board. I did. I went back and I listened to the show in its entirety. But when I heard about that, I had to just skip ahead to the very end to listen to it, and that was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, well, now, now, and I'm not sure Toby's heard it yet because he has not commented, but you might want to listen to this uh, last episode's intro, outro music, just saying. <laughs> this last one. Now, I'm still listening to Hunter by Design. Yeah, this is the next one. Next one, okay. And that's going to be the Silver Bullets. Exactly. Okay. I will be sure to check that one out tomorrow. Awesome. But I really came on here just to, not to squirrel off or promote the show, but just Too late. for y'all. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, it was awesome having you on, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for ringing us up. Well, I, th- I thank y'all, and uh, you know, you guys are are one of our favorite shows. Or I'm go ahead and admit it, you are my favorite show. You're my better half's favorite show. I can't even get her to like our show better than yours. <laughs> just well, that's okay, because my better half likes your show more than our show, too, so it's just how it is. So why don't you tell the listeners, before you go, where they can find your show? Um, well, any of the any of the podcast uh, catchers out there, I listen on Stitcher, but we're the Armed Squirrels Project. Or you can catch us on Facebook at Armed Squirrels Project, or at our website at armsquirrelsproject.com. Cool. And hey... Yesterday was the final day for take or day before yesterday was the final day for taking orders for the playing cards that have you guys on them also, and we got almost two hundred orders. Wow! Holy smokes! Yeah, I actually got an invoice yesterday from Stacy. I forgot I got to pay that. Me too, yeah, but me I too. see I did pay it. Ah, <laughs> oh, well, you're smarter than I am. Well, and better looking. Don't forget that. And you have more hair. <laughs> Not by much. <laughs> Less well, guys, we're still all on edge waiting to find out who host number four is because we're not giving up on Owen. All right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. And uh, we're we're on pins and needles. Cool. Well, we're about to, uh, yeah, stay to wrap tuned. up the main topic. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to go through some of the bios that were sent to us. Awesome. Well, I look forward to hearing it. Uh, we're gonna. We're not going to play them, though. We're going to keep the audio submissions for ourselves and just read their bios on the air. Well, but, there's a uh, couple we're going to play. Well, oh, one anyway. We play a couple? Well, one of them anyway. Right. But, oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, that one, one needs to be played. Yeah. So. Who knew he was into podcasting? Who knew? Wait, huh? I knew. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, cool. Well, Sticks, thanks for crashing the show, man. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> thanks, care. guys. All right. Bye-bye. <laughs> oh, that was fun. So well, th- what were we talking about? We were we were talking about pumps and semis, but I think I think we we covered all the main points and and just looking at the clock, we probably could just roll into our listener feedback at this point. Yeah. Yeah, well, let's just recap so, it though real quick. Sure. Semis cost more and are higher maintenance. Yep. Pumps, pumps tend to be more li- reliable. Yeah, a little less expensive, a little more reliable. So, you yep. know. And if if you want a gaming gun or a hunting gun, semi if you want a duty gun or a trunk gun, pump. That that would be my recommendation as well. But, uh, you know, if, if you find a good semi that has a good track record for reliability, you know, that that's great too. And uh, oh, and yeah. if you're comfortable with it, then go with it. You yeah, know? sure. And I mean, and you know, keep it clean, keep it maintained, and your semi will be as reliable as your pump. Yep. But it will require more maintenance more often to keep the same level of reliability. That's right. All right. 
listener feedback. Sure. Well, let's read this first one here from Mr. D, and then we'll go into, uh, because this is the only one that's not a, 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 an application for the host job. All right. So this one's from Mr. D. Is it okay if I read it? I was actually going to recommend that you do yes. All right. He says, hey, Slam Fire host, it's me, Mr. D, again. I'm writing today to see if you guys uh, know what will happen with regards to some CFO's requirements for ATTs and registrations to be a member of a range and the new changes in Bill C-42. Here's my situation. I'm currently a member of two ranges in my province, and they're only uh, about a 30-minute drive apart. When I was list, uh, living closer to my first range, I got my restricted firearms and had to get my ATT through that club. I got posted about 30 minutes away and decided to join a club closer. Since I already, since um, my, I, I was already allowed to transport to any approved range in the province, instead of going through all the paperwork to get a new ATT through my new club, I just kept my membership at my original club since my ATT would be valid to travel uh, to both clubs. Let me jump in right there. Yeah. Um, a couple of years back, I joined my club and your club, and I had a separate ATT for both. Right. I joined your club this winter and never did receive an ATT to your club. You don't need see they won't now because... Right, because my ATT covers me for all gun ranges. Right. Yeah, and that's what it looks like he has too. So he's, uh, I'm wondering what will happen now if I were to let my membership expire at my original club, as I rarely go. I've been told that they inform the CFO if someone with restricted, uh, someone with restricted, their membership re- expires or if they are booted from the club. Since the ATT will be attached to the license automatically, can the CFO try and revoke it if I'm no longer a member at my original club? Mm-hmm. Also, any idea how it will work for new people getting into restricted firearms? Will they get their restricted PAL and then have to join a club before purchasing their first firearm? I could see the CFO denying transfers now instead of ATTs. Uh, once again, we pass more laws and uh, just make things even more complicated. I think it's time someone rethinks this system. Thanks, Mr. D. Denying the transfer is not new. Um, the gentleman I alluded to earlier who successfully sued the CFO, he sued uh, because he was denied a transfer because he wasn't a member of a gun club. Yep. So um, they they have already denied members in the past because they're or denied transfers in the past because someone was not a member of a gun club. Um, a lot of people join a gun club simply to uh, get an ATT and to, um, this is something that myself and uh, the gentleman from, I think it was Morley from uh, Due East Adventures YouTube channel, and uh, he's one of the uh, board members or officers on the, I think he's a board member on the uh, Canadian Coalition for Firearms Rights. All that was wasted because I'm not even sure if, if it was him who had this concern. But someone I was speaking to recently thinks that club memberships are going to drop now that your ATTs are automatically rolled into your license. Except I think you still need to be a uh, I think they're still going to expect you to be a member of a club. Yeah, because you're, you're not going to get an ATT if you're not a member of the club. But, right. But it's rolled. I mean, you can't. You know, you can't go to the club if you're not a member. So I don't, I'm missing the logic here where, okay, I don't need an ATT anymore because I got a gun license. But where are you going to go with it? You can't take it anywhere other than a gun club if it's a restricted firearm. And you can't go to the gun club unless you have a membership there. So I I can't see gun memberships or gun club memberships dropping because you still need to take your gun there to shoot it. So if you want to shoot it there, you got to. You got to pay to play, right? So as I understood it, nothing's really changing except where you find the ATT. 
everything that's in effect before is still in effect now, except that your ATT is now listed on the special conditions paper instead of a separate piece of paper. So yeah. as I understand it, nothing's going to change. Everything's going to be just the way it was before. You're going to have to be a member of a club. You know, according to the federal law, you don't, but the CFOs impose that on us. So what, what they've been imposing on us in the past, they're going to continue imposing on us. I, I don't see it changing. It's just going to be, where do you find your ATT? Well, it's on this piece of paper now instead of this piece of paper. But that's for your long-term ATT. What has changed is I no longer have to request a short-term ATT to go to the gunsmith. Right. Or to yeah. go to wherever. Yes. Yeah, so that there's that very small silver lining there that allows yeah. you to kind of move around that way. But, um, but with regards to your gun club, you're still going to need to be a member. You're still going to need to, you know, you're not going to have to show them. Well, you know what? They may still ask for a, a valid range card every year. I don't know. I mean, I mean this is all, this is new to everybody. Well, I hope they project, don't, but. What, what our club does is our club automatically sends the list of restricted firearms owners to the CFO. Yep. And then the CFO automatically sends us our long-term ATTs. We don't apply for them. No. Not here in New Brunswick anyway. But I wonder what would happen if I said, okay, I have a membership at your gun club. So I say, I call a New Brunswick CFO and I say, all right, I'm going to the gun club in Edmonton, of which I am a member, but I'm going to be spending the weekend at my buddy Matthew's place. I need an ATT to his house, from my house to his house, and his house to the range. And yeah, I'll, I should do that sometime just to see how. Just to see what they say. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what uh, what their what their interpretation of that is. Yeah, like I've got an ATT that covers me to go from my house to Hampton. Yep. But I was staying in Moncton. Yeah. So then what? Yeah. So. Interesting. You know. Yeah. No, we've all got a, a lot of questions on this still, um, Mr. D. So, but thanks for writing in and, and and getting us to talk about them a little bit, and hopefully we'll be able to get them all sorted out within yeah. the next year or so. <laughs> And, you know, absolutely the number one source for information for these questions has got to be the CFC. Yeah. And or your local, your provincial CFO. Yep. Because that's, that's where the buck stops. You're right. So, okay. So now we're going to uh, get into our uh, host bios. So, so far we have had, uh, do we want to say who these folks are? Well, we're, yeah, well, we can say who to, they yeah. are. Yeah, of course. So let's All just right. let's just start with with the the one that submitted yeah, the first, first and then just go through. So let's start with uh, Andrew Barr. Yeah. So Andrew Barr, somebody that I know personally, he um, came to uh, my club to teach us a, a uh, NFA RSO course, and um, I think he started to listen to the show right around the same time. I'm not sure if he was a listener before, but now he's a loyal listener, and uh, he submitted his. Um, bio and audio submission like right away. <laughs> he was he was the first one and it didn't take long to come in. He says, Hello Trevor and Matthew. I would like to put my name in as a host for Slamfire Radio. Below is a basic point list of my history with the shooting and politics around shooting sports along with some general experiences. I've also attached an audio clip f- uh, of me outlining a recent video by CTV News. He began shooting in early 2012, certified range safety officer instructor, served as NFA field officer since 2013, largely experienced with military surplus as my collection currently contains a Russian SKS. Trevor's favorite. It's not molested, so it's fine. And it's a Russian, a Mosin Nagant 9130, a Swiss K31 carbine, 
Ruger 1022. You're so American. <laughs> <laughs> a Ruger 1022 and a Mossberg 500. And the Mossberg 500 was purchased on my recommendation. I would like to take full responsibility for that. Cool. I have, I have limited handgun experience, but have shot several, such as a Colt Python revolver, a Tokarev TT-33, MMP-9, and a Norinco 1911. Oh, a Colt Python revolver. I was thinking it was the Colt Python semi-auto. Don't be a dink. Ah, it's too late. I already was. <laughs> Beyond this list, I noted that you wanted someone who could throw Trevor under the bus. Matthew, I can tell you I've already done that with, with, with regards to his wife and ice cream from Dairy Queen, so I'm more than happy to accommodate <laughs> that. Yes, he did get me in trouble with the whole, we went, to ice, we went for ice cream and didn't bring her any. <laughs> That's a big mistake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She Even I know that. She wouldn't have known, but oh no, somebody had to throw me out. Thanks, pal. Um, thanks for your consideration, guys, and I look forward to your response, whatever it may be. Big fan of the show. Regards, Andrew Burr. So. Yep. Well, I think after the ice cream incident, you, you're basically on the bottom of the list. <laughs> I'm just, you know, just speaking for Trevor is all I'm saying. Yeah, you <laughs> certainly lost my vote. And uh, what is this? Oh, yeah. this is, okay, we can delete this. No, so this next one comes to us from uh, Tang Lung. And he says, first of all, I want to thank you for considering my proposal. One aspect oh, I would like to talk about is partnership. I strongly believe in the power and spirit of partnership in business. And it is about a mutual understanding. Basically, this guy is from Iraq, and he wants to give us a lot of money because somebody died. And he wants to split it with a 60-40. Can you believe that? It's 22 million U.S. dollars. So he says here, he's a, the guy was a crude oil merchant? Yeah, crude oil merchant. So, 18.3 million United States dollars, 22 yeah. What are so, we going to do to cash in? Oh my God, it's like three pages long. Yeah, all we got to do is look, he, he, all we got to do is email him and like send him like a check for something, and then he'll send us the rest. Now, here's what we do <laughs> we tell him by emailing us, he automatically engages in a contract with us to engage us for our services, and we're $300 an hour. And it took, you know, and it took minimum, us six hours to read his eight page email. Like most companies, we're a minimum three hour billing. Right. He now owes us 300 bucks. I like it. <laughs> or uh, 900 bucks for 300 an hour. Yeah, 900 bucks. Uh, funny. Because math, yeah. Because math. All right. Well, uh, this next one, serious one, comes to us from Tom Bryan. And he writes, hey, guys, I've been busy at work. Uh, so he'll type up a more detailed bio tomorrow when he gets a chance. And he never did. So thank you, Tom, for, for sending in something that would say that you would do something the next day. And then you didn't. <laughs> I'm just teasing. It's all right, though. But he did send us an audio, and it was pretty cool. But, um, but he does sound like he's got what it takes to he be does. part of this show. I mean, do, um, hey, do guys, we want to do, we do wanna something pl- and then not do it? Yeah, well, that's what, yeah. That, that's exactly what we do. That's what we're looking for. Yep. Um, I don't know if I have his. his I was going to say we could play it and see. Uh, I, I think it, no, I don't. I don't have it. Never mind. Just cut it. Oh, in. I do have it. All right. Let's play it. Let's see what he says. Hey guys, Tom from Edson, Alberta here. Big fan of your show. Didn't take me long to catch up once I discovered it. And I've always wanted to do a podcast, and now's my chance. My dad was in the Army when I was a kid, so I got into guns at an early age. I operate a natural gas plant for ConocoPhillips. I'm married, I have four kids. And I support gun rights for Canadians. Member of the NFA and the CCSSA. 
I'm a leader of the local Junior Forest Wardens Club, so I take the kids shooting, and some of them are old enough to go hunting this year, so we'll be doing that. So I enjoy the outdoors, hunting, fishing, survival type stuff. I shoot BCRA service conditions, matches with Ryan Stacy, and I own a whole pile of guns. Since I only have two minutes, there are too many to list, although you are intimate with my BRS-99. I am a reloader, an avid shooter, so I know all the lingo that goes along with our hobby. Although I'm not an IPSC shooter yet, it intrigues me and I want to try it. I enjoy TV shows such as Undress My SKS, Pimp My Glock, 1911 What, Polish Poodle Shooter, and Slipstream Sniffers. It would be an honor to be a part of your show, even if it is a temporary endeavor. I will do my part to help you guys out and have a good time and throw Bolivar under the bus every chance I get. Anyways, have a good night. I'll talk to you guys later. <laughs> well, thank you, Tom, for sending in the audio. That was funny. I love poodle shooters myself. Uh, S- Pimp My SKS, that's one of my favorite TV shows. Also one of Trevor's. Uh, yeah, uh, no. Yeah, he loves it, especially when they put the Tapco stocks on. Mm. Mm, yes. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you, Tom, for submitting that. Um, uh, yeah. It's, it's Trevor, next? <laughs> yeah, next indeed. All right. Who do we have next? Adriel. Adriel who? Never heard of her. <laughs> um, he might hit you for that. <laughs> he says, to whom it may concern. He's like applying for a real job here. Yeah. Except that yeah. you should never use that phrase. No, exactly. You should always know who you're writing to, but we'll look past that. <laughs> You've had me on the show before, but here's a bit of my background. I started shooting when I was a kid, but I've only recently started into, comp- into competition shooting. Before that, I was pretty much limited to hunting and plinking. Now, I'm into three-gun, service rifle, hunting, plinking, and might be getting into some long-range F-class, etc. I've been listening since Canadian Reload Radio days, and I like the show. Some of your shows, such as the one on ATCs, are unequal, are unequal sources of information on the topic. List of skills, uh, L33T skills. What I is think that it's elite. It's elite. It's like elite. He's like trying to try hacks her. Kinda. I see. It's like Eng- computer geek Eng- stuff. English, Adriel. English. <laughs> I use Audacity to clean up the audio for my YouTube videos. I didn't know you could do that. So I can be secondary for editing shows. Yes, this guy's hired. Done. Good to know. Done. I know WordPress. I can't spell WordPress. And could be a slicker end. Could get a slicker setup for Slamfire that'd have a poster per a post per show. I could show you guys how to set up things, uh, how to set this up anyways, and uh, it's not a lot of time. So what I he wants to do, what he's saying is our, our website sucks, is what yeah, he's, saying, he's saying, and that he can do a better job. Okay, yeah, again, hired, yes, yep. in, yep. Um, I don't really mind if it's temporary or permanent, I just like talking about gun stuff. My microphone setup is uh, set up at home is a lot better than what I have put together at work. So long as I know recording times, I can set up at home uh, with the lapel mic and not be Mr. Echo like last time I was on. Mr. Echo was cool, though. Could be his, his call sign. Mr. Mr. Echo. Echo. I like it. I like it. 
Yeah, Adriel is the hunting gear guy, and uh, he he does he does good things on his blog and with his videos, and he's been on the show a couple times now. So, uh, uh, yeah, just uh, that's who he is. For those of you who weren't sure who Adriel was, and uh, you know, okay, he goes by hunting gear guy, but as we just saw, he's very well rounded, and yep. he's doing three gun competition for crying aloud. Like, you know, I, but he also certainly seems to have more experience in the hunting end of things he's doing check out his website his blog he's doing gear reviews on all kinds of stuff and i know it's a little something something there called archery what what's his yeah. archery thing oh he did a review on some archery stuff yeah he's fired shoots a bow he's not <laughs> hired yet i'm gonna fire him i already hired him twice oh all right <laughs> now i'm firing him once so now he's just been hired once okay right let's let's who's this justin Justin. Justin DeRuy, it looks like. Uh, I actually did a recording of the call with the Canadian Firearms Program about the requirement to carry that card carrier piece of paper that comes with a license. I edited out the personal information from the call. I found it quite interesting, as I think you will. And we shared the results of that last last week where we said that the, mm-hmm. the, the lady there said that you don't need to carry that piece of paper unless there's conditions on it. And then we give you our opinion of that. Anyway, um, he, he continues with his, uh, his skills here. He says, I definitely know how to use computers. I built my own and have done video, audio, and photo editing in the past and would be happy to head out, uh, help out with the editing side. I'm guessing, unlike many other applications or a- applicants, I have an actual microphone to record with and you could probably hear the difference. I th- is, that a, is that a little jab at Adriel there for, for having Mr. Echo last week? Or one of us. It's hard may- to say, really. It could have been one of us. <laughs> we are not known for quality audio. We're not known for quality anything, really. True. Quantity, we can do quantity. <laughs> oh, I soliloquy with the best of them. <laughs> uh, I started listening to your show as part of expanding my involvement in shooting and hunting, and I think I could provide a different point of view as a younger shooter learning the ropes of shooting in Canada. Yeah. Very good. Well, thank you, Justin. Your your name's in the hat, and uh, we I, I look a plus one for me is is your profile picture is of an airplane, and I like airplanes. So, just just saying that that's the point in your favor. But thank you for uh, for submitting that. Um, do you wanna do you wanna read this next one here? Uh, I will try. Yeah, do your best, and then and then I'll, this this one I'll play uh, I'll play the audio for it too. All right, so this next one comes to us from Dirt McGirt. Sup, my dogs? <laughs> Keep it up. I hear y'all be looking for some new co-hosts. Let me tell you a bit about myself. Please listen to my audio mission attached. I made it myself. Yo, I'm 20 years old now. I've been shooting for about six years now. And my in my, uh, my neighborhoods... IGPA, that's International Gangster Pistol Association, Ranging Camp, Rain and Champ. <laughs> we shoot weekly in my basement of, uh, of a building in my projects. My gangster be a high point carbine. Glock with KPOS kit, a high point hangster and a Ruger LSD. Wow. Oh, mother muckin' bracken has a cooey model 39. I got the AK an older. Though when I got enough free cheddar, I'll be getting a Nork Air 15. I'm self-employed and I'm running my own small business. So I can be available anytime to record. Thanks yo for your time. P.S. My real name's Charles Tyrone McGirt. 
<laughs> PSS. <laughs> we may have a had our differences, but I'm a miss Sir Slaps a lot. <laughs> and instead of the finger, I give you like sixteen thumbs up now. <laughs> Just email me back with your mailing address if you needs any more. <laughs> oh man. Ah, that was painful. Oh dirt. Well look, here's the thing. We've had this this uh, who is Dirt McGirt, right? So we're like, I wonder who it is. You know, we thought it was one guy, and this guy denies it. Another guy says, no, it's me. And you're like, no, it's nowhere near you. And So anyway, he finally sent us an audio submission. So now we can hear his voice and find out once and for all who this guy is. Are you ready? I am so ready, yo. Lays it on me, brother. Now this is a story all about how my life got flipped, turned upside down And I'd like to take a minute, just sit right there I'll tell you how I became the prince of a town called Bel Air So it's Will Smith then, is that I what we're it. trying to say here? I it's... <laughs> oh man, yeah, I don't think it's really Will Smith I don't think it's really Will Smith either. No, so we're, we're gonna go ahead and call you out there, Dirt McGirt And say we don't think you're Will Smith what would he do if we chose him? That's, see, that's what I'm wondering. How would he get out of it? I, I, How would he weasel his way out of it? Yeah, because I'm pretty sure he's not real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've, I, have I actually outed him before? Have I just come right out on the show and said who I think it is before on the show, or have I just kept that to us? I think you've just kept that to us. I don't, I don't know if we, if we yeah, right. I don't I know. know. I know, I know who this fool is. <laughs> I know, I know this fool. He better not come up in my neighborhood. I'll pop some caps in his ass. That's right. That's right, dog. All right. Well, this next one comes to us from Garth Racer Rassicott. And uh, he, he writes, I live in the village of Yubu. Yubu? Yubao, maybe? I, I don't know. On uh, Vancouver Island off the west coast of British Columbia. Well, Trevor, you said you wanted someone from the west. This guy can't uh, this get any further west. Pretty west. As a kid, we would go hiking, camping, and fishing occasionally. I guess growing up on an island ingrained a love of water into my soul. When I was younger, I joined the Cub Scouts, and after that, I did a few years with the Sea Scouts, essentially Boy Scouts, but with a large sailing component. It was some good times. Nowadays, my lady and I enjoy gardening, fishing, canning, swimming in Lake Cowichan, and we are getting into hunting this year. I'm just waiting for my hunter number to get back to me so I can get out and enjoy armed hiking with the goal of harvesting some meat. That's what I usually that's what I'm gonna call what I do from now on, Trevor. Armed hiking. I like it. I like it too. That is a great term. We are really into canning, and she is itching to get started pickling. She loves pickles. Um, okay. When it comes to firearms, I've been shooting for the past few years and I'm getting serious about competing in Ipsic and eventually three gun. I began my firearms collection with an Anschutz Model 54 for competition shooting. I won a silver medal in prone and a gold medal in three position at the BC Provincials in 2014. Wow, that's very cool. This year, however, I've been busy with moving, work, and teaching the firearm safety course, so my skills have atrophied a bit. This winter, I will be focused on getting those skills back up to speed. Besides all that, I enjoy motorcycling with our veteran friends, and we are gearing up to head out... Uh, for the Port Alberni Toy Run in just over a week. It's a large moto rally that raises money to help kids in the local communities. Well, that's me in broad stroke. Uh, I hope you are having a great week and keep up the great work. Slamfire Radio is a fun podcast. 
And uh, he did send an audio submission in too. I think I will play that one maybe after the uh, the outro because it um, it's it's an outtake all in itself. <laughs> all right. <laughs> okay. Ready for me to take the next one? Yes, from Grant, uh, I think. Grant McCartney, and this is uh, our newest submission and our last one for the evening. This is Matthew and Trevor. Pretty sad to hear that Owen is taking a break from the show, and here's hoping that this will not be a long-term departure. I'm interested in getting involved as a host if you guys find me uh, to be a good fit. I've written the show a few times before and would love the opportunity to get involved as a host. Below is a brief bio of my life with firearms to date. In my eyes, it's only the beginning. It's only beginning, and I can't wait to see what the future holds. Did he? Did he really just use the word brief? Yeah, because this ain't brief. Huh? Oh boy. Why don't you read every other paragraph? <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> I grew up in Capus Casing, locally known as Cap, in the boreal forest of northern, uh, northeastern Ontario. And see, this guy, we can't have two soliloquies on here. No. See, that's that's going to be a problem. Growing up in the Cap area provided me with early exposure to firearms as pretty much everyone up here is somehow involved in hunting, with the primary focus being on moose hunting. As a young kid, I took many trips afield with my grandfather and father to chase ruffed grouse. Oh, he said it right! Nice! And and snowshoe hare! Wow, this guy is plus two right now. This guy is awesome, yeah. Or just out of the local gravel pit to to practice with my Lakefield Mark II 22 long rifle. Boito 410, and watched my dad get some practice with his Lee Enfield in preparation for moose hunting. I also began to get into traps, trapping snowshoe hare a little bit as a ba- as the backyard of our house had no fence and backed onto endless hundreds of kilometers of unbroken bush that led north clear out to James Bay. Unfortunately, due to my dad's job at the age of 10, just as I was really getting proficient and very interested in firearms, my family picked up and moved to the Niagara region of southern Ontario. Looking back now, I would refer to this as the dark years in my firearms life, as none of my new friends in suburban southern Ontario had any interest or experience with firearms, and all seemed happy to stay inside, play video games, while I was used to the winter adventures of snowmobiling, tra- snowmobiles, tracking game in the bush, backyard hockey, and um, with the neighborhood kids. During this time, I was always told my family that I always told my family that I felt I had unfinished business in the North and vowed to return if and when op- the opportunity arose. So I went through high school and a university undergrad in physical geography and geographic information systems and graduated in a terrible post recession job market that was looking pretty bleak. I decided to continue on with education as there were really no job prospects. I moved to Libtard Central downtown Toronto and pursued a master's degree in spatial analysis, fancy name for making shiny mapping products that can be used to make expensive decisions. 18 months in Toronto proved many interesting experiences including watching the movements of drug dealers on my weekly walk to the hockey arena, encounters with many people clearly under the influence of drugs, with only a hockey stick to defend myself, hearing gunshots ring out uh, ring out at an apartment building directly across the street from mine on multiple occasions, and a few stabbings on our streets for good measure. All that being said, I decided I had had enough with downtown Toronto. 
I sent a bunch of emails and landed a couple of interviews up in Northern Ontario. For one of the interviews, I was flown up north in late September and had a chance to visit with friends in Cap. As soon as I walked, as soon as I showed up at a buddy's house, I was handed an orange vest and hat and we jumped into his pickup. We spent the rest of the day driving and walking old logging roads in pursuit of roughies. Within minutes of our first walk, Jesse had birds in the game bag and handed me the 410. I took a few practice shots to shake off more than a decade of rust, and and we continued on. I ended up getting one bird that day and was hooked. We cooked up the birds that night, and it brought back all the excitement of being a kid out hunting. I ended up landing seasonal contract job with a big forest firm, forestry firm in Cap. On arrival, I signed up for a Hunter Ed and my pal course and had all my paperwork in order in time for the next fall hunting season 2012. Since then, my interest and involvement in firearms has been increasing at a pretty frantic pace. First, I started practicing with inherited firearms from my family, researching new firearms, purchasing firearms and ammo, joining the local rod and gun club, becoming a member of the Ontario Federation of Anglers and Hunters, lots of range time, small game hunting, big game hunting, waterfowl, my fir- the first maple seed, good for you, getting my restricted pal course, and so on and on. I have also got my fiancé interested, and she too has got her pal. Comes plinking regularly and has been known to outshoot the guys on more than one occasion. I've yet to acquire a restricted firearm, which I think may be a good process to highlight on the show considering the recent rule changes. I have interest in getting both pistols and an AR at some point in the, sh- in the not-so-distant future as funds become available. I am also interested in continuing with, all, with, continuing with any and all training I can. That being said, I'm a 10-hour drive from Toronto, and there's not much going on in my area. Next thing on my list is another maple seed. At, to top my previous personal best of 181 and get my Canadian Rifleman's Patch. I also want one of those Canadian Rifleman's Patches. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be cool, yeah. A Rifleman's Patch with a maple leaf on it is awesome. Yep. I've also taken it upon myself to advocate for firearms owners. I've introduced people to the shooting sports, and I'm willing to have a healthy debate with anyone who is willing to talk guns and gun law in Canada. I will admit, due to the recent events with the NFA, I have not yet joined a Canadian firearms advocacy group other than the OFAH, but I am very interested in the new group Trevor is getting involved with and should really join the CSSA. It looks like I'll be moving soon and might just wait to settle into a new address first. I know, poor excuse. Not really. Now, um, the Canadian Coalition for Firearms Rights should be accepting members within the next month, maybe two. And yes, definitely join the Canadian uh, Shooting Sports Association. I recently renewed my membership, and they are offering a new insurance for legal aid. That's cool. 85 bucks a year, and it gives you access to lawyers. Definitely something we should all be getting. Yep. One of my favorite aspects of Slamfire Radio, and something I always looked forward to, was Owen's Prepper Corner and talk about his hunting adventures, especially waterfowl. I don't know if I can stack up to his level of expertise. Say more than 13 words a show and you'll be fine. (laughs) I don't know if I can stack up to his level of expertise, but I am definitely involved in these activities and would love to contribute to that aspect of the show. 
outside of direct firearms related things, I'm a huge outdoor enthusiast. Some of my passions include multi-day river trips by canoe, fishing, camping, and general wilderness adventure. I do dabble in preparedness related things such as home canning, butchering, pro- butchering, processing, and preserving my own big game and small game, gardening vegetables, and generally being prepared for the worst while out in the bush or at home. In recent years, I have had many friends say to me that if they were to get lost, stranded, injured in the bush, they hope that I am there because I would probably figure out a way to dig them out of the situation and playing hockey because Canada. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I think this gives you a general overview of who I am and my background in guns. I'm a huge fan of the General Firearms podcast community, including the Squirrels, New Shooter, Modern Rifleman Radio, and others, and would love the opportunity to become more involved. I hope to hear from you soon to let me know if uh, I'm a fit temporarily, if I am a, if I am fit to temporarily replace Owen while he focuses on family. Even if I am not what you are looking for, maybe there would be an opportunity to come on as a guest to talk hunting. I will be out this fall chasing waterfowl, upland birds, moose, deer, and would love to talk if you are interested. Whether or not I end up as as the successful candidate, I would like to thank you for taking the time to consider my application. Also, keep up the good work on the show. You guys are amazing ambassadors for the Canadian Firearms community and put out top quality shows and content every week. Uh, Does he listen? Yeah, He's thanks, not a listener. <laughs> I will admit that the show has provided me a lot of inspiration, great ideas, and helped drive my interest in firearms. Please see the attached audio submission. I think he means please listen to the attached audio submission. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> please see the attached audio submission of what I have been up to in guns the little, uh, the last little while. And you can also check out check me out on episode 45 of New Shooter Canada discussing the Maple Seed Bancroft. Grant McCarthy. Now, I listen to every... McCartney. McCartney, yeah, him too. I listen to every episode of um, Armed Squirrels Prior in New Shooter Canada, so I need to get back and listen to that one again. Yep, I guess so. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Grant, and that was an excellent submission, and definitely, uh, you know... Very long. One, yeah, uh, no, definitely <laughs> one to uh, to be considered, for sure. Yep. Yeah, lots of uh, lots of experience there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. An individual who can bring a lot to the table. Yep. Very so, good. All right. Are we, are we ready to carry on? Yeah, let's carry on. Let's wrap All this right. puppy up, I guess. If you would like to write us an email, preferably not quite as long as Grant's, you could do so by emailing us. Just kidding. Emailing us <laughs> at slamfireradio at gmail.com. Send us your hunting stories, your political experiences, um, your favorite dream sequence. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Um, tell us what you're wearing. No, no, now, now you're getting creepy. Um, let's see. iTunes. Do we have any iTunes reviews? We do. We actually do. Um, All right. So how about you take that? I will. This is from uh, Lake Boy 1971, and uh, he t- entitles it "Great Podcast." Gives us a five star review and writes: "Started listening not too long ago and catching up from the beginning. Great podcast with helpful information and an enjoyable delivery." Keep up the good work. Um, you didn't make fun of Trevor even once. I know, right? Weird. Cool. No, thank you. We we appreciate that. And uh, it's uh, it's 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 uh, we love getting iTunes reviews. 
So I'm going to check the American feed and see if there's any there, but I doubt it. The Americans don't love us as much, clearly. Cause well, especially sticks. since we don't want them on our show. Right. So, yeah, that that could get us in trouble. <laughs> it could. It could 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 garner some. This could be. This could easily turn into an international incident. It could. Yeah. Like every time I cross the border, Brian always figures that I'm not coming back. You never know. Nope. Yeah. The Amer- we, we still the uh, still just a twenty on uh, on the American feed, but we love every single one of them. All right. So that gives us a total of a hundred and five five star reviews. Cool. That is pretty cool, and we want to thank all of the people who have left us reviews because we love them. Mm. So, any shoutouts? Um, I have a shout out to the liberals and NDPers that I spoke to this week about guns. Cool. I don't think they'll ever listen, but if you do, hello. That was that 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 was lame. But I'm done now. You you do something. <laughs> all right. I, I have I have a bit of a better one. Um, Tracy Wilson, it's her birthday today. Ooh. She is the secretary for the Canadian Coalition for Firearms Rights. So happy birthday to her. And my shout out goes to all of the new hardworking volunteers that are helping to get the Canadian Coalition for Firearms Rights off of the ground to all of the directors and officers and our new field officers. The field officer program is now up and running. People have been selected. People have been contacted. To everyone who came forward and wanted to be a field officer for the association, thank you very much. If you are interested in becoming a field officer for your area, um, contact us through our Facebook page, and we'll see if we can't get you hooked up with the coordinator and um, and find a spot for you to help help out this team. Cool. So, very nice. Yeah. And I believe that uh, that's about that's about it. I think. Yeah, that's that's, that's, that's the show. Yeah, that's a show. That's All a right. long show, actually, it is, but it is. That's what yeah. she said. Almost two hours, but that's yeah. that's cool. I'm sure you can trim some of it up. So. Nah, I doubt it. That's but, editing. Yeah. You know. And if you want to listen to other better shows, go to the Crusader Podcast Network at crusaderpodcast.com. Join any or all of the national firearms associations, and uh, check out that new insurance from the Canadian Shooting Sports Association. Mm-hmm. And go check us out on Gun Owners of Canada because Gun Owners of Canada. Because yeah, yeah. And like us on Facebook, we're at um, 1,267, 23 thumbs up and counting. Yeah, because Dirt sent us 16 tonight. We had seven before. Yes, that's a lot of thumbs. See, here's what I'm thinking, though. we got to limit it to two thumbs per listener because they've only got two thumbs. Well, Dirt maybe sent the whole gang. Maybe he sent the gang. So I'm leaving it as 23. We got 23 right. thumbs up. So he also sent us this bag of white powder that I'm going to get into here in a little bit. And yeah. I'm, not sure what that is. I'm not sure if it's some kind of cleaning solvent. It smells funny. It and <laughs> since sniffing it, I'm talking a lot, and my heart is pounding out of my chest. Did you see that unicorn in the kitchen? Mm, well, uh, no, but the dragon in the living room wants you to uh, stop calling. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> See you next week. So if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun. Three, two, one.
Hello, hosts of Slamfire Radio. This is Garth Racer Racico coming to you from the town of Yubo on the banks of Lake Couchin on Vancouver Island in the heart of the wild Pacific Northwest. So what did I do this week in guns? Well, we're actually looking to pick up a uh, new semi-automatic 22. So uh, my partner Quay and I went out to the range and we tried a few different options. One of our friends actually brought out a Marlin 795. Yeah, I thought you'd like that one, Matt. Uh, she dug it as well. She really liked being able to, to plink that trigger really quick. So after that, we went off to the gunsmith and started checking out uh, a couple other other 22s that they have there she decided against uh getting the marlin 795 she's got uh, some partial paralysis uh as a result of having polio as a child so uh she can't really hold up the the firearms in her left arm so well but we found this nice little browning takedown uh that she felt uh, really comfortable with it seemed to fit her really nicely uh so yeah so we put a down payment on that other than that, uh, knowing that I'd be submitting this audio uh, bit to you guys, I thought I'd do a little something to make Trevor smile as well. Little 22s for Matt and for Trevor, we went out and fired an SKS. Yes, you heard that right, but it's not just any SKS, an SKS with a composite stock. Yeah, well, it was uh, it was a good time. And uh, did is that was that Trevor hanging up? Did he leave? Did he just drop the... Anyway, I hope you guys are doing well. Uh, Give my best to Owen. I know he's going to be busy with the new member of his family. And uh, keep up the great work, gents. Check, check, check. Hello, hosts of Slamfire Racico. This is Garth Racer... Slamfire Racico? I just said Slamfire Racico. All right, that's an outtake. 